0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Boutosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me, if you will, to Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. Isn't God good? Amen. Yeah, you know, I love coming in here with you and just worshiping and praising and lifting up our name, lifting up his name, getting our minds and our attention, our focus off of stuff and things that happen and how the week's gone and this and that and uh just, you know, taking an opportunity to focus on what God is doing and has done and what he's going to do. Amen. I was talking with someone a few weeks ago. They said, "Y'all still do a midweek service? <laughs> one of those, those weird ones, one of those rare ones." And look, you got to do what your assignment is, what you're called to do. I can't speak for other churches, but I know for us, we're not trying to do less in a season like this. We want to do more. We'll ramp it up. That's why, uh, you know, we had these services this past week, and I want to do more for the kingdom. And I, I said, I don't know about you, I, 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 don't, I can't make it very long from meal to meal without needing something in between, and even if it's just a snack, and so if this is just a snack for you, man, receive it. My son lives off of snacks, I don't even think, <laughs> he eats when he's not supposed to, and then when he's supposed to, he's stuffed, right? I had chips and donuts and popsicles, so I don't need steak and potatoes, okay, okay, No, you still need the the regular course, you still need the main meal, but it's good to get a snack in between, and so, hey, we're excited you're here, and we're excited we can provide even a snack from the Word, but we've been talking these last several weeks, and I guess if I had to put a series title on it, it's been a long time since we've done a series per se, but I would call this Denying Deception, Denying Deception, denying deception that's what I would call these uh, series of messages and you know we started out talking about how the enemy you know the enemy's still working when when we talk about the devil we don't need to talk we don't need to have fear we don't need to get anxious or worried like oh you know the bible tells us that he roams around as a roaring Michaela look who it is good to see you uh um I'm going to talk about distractions here in a little bit. Um, hallelujah. We're family. We are family. Hallelujah. Um, when we talk about the enemy, we don't need to get anxious or worried or concerned. But the word of God tells us, I don't want you to be ignorant of the devil's devices. So we need to know how he's operating. And, you know, he's not doing anything different than what he did from the beginning. <laughs> he hasn't even changed up his, his scheme. We know he schemes, we've learned, he has strategies, but he hasn't even changed up the course of action and how he attacks, he attacks with deception. That's where he lives, that's where he operates. If I can deceive you, I can defeat you. If I can deceive you, I can defeat you. A pastor told me this when we first started, when I first started ministry, ministry, when, when Ashley and I first got out, he said, here's something you need to know about what you preach and what you teach. Any area that you neglect or abandon in teaching is where you can expect your people to live defeated. Any area that you neglect in your teaching and your preaching, and so I would say any area that we neglect in hearing and receiving, we can expect to live defeated. Because the enemy operates in what you don't know or what he can hide, what he can darken. When the Bible talks about light and dark, it doesn't always talk it, about it in the form of, uh, you know, um, you know, literal light and literal darkness. What it is referring to is light is knowledge or knowing or revelation, being enlightened to something. And darkness means ignorance or rejecting something. So when you see light and dark in the Bible, a lot of times it's referring to what have we opened ourselves up to and what what are we illuminating ourselves to and what are we allowing the lord to reveal to us or what if we remain darkened in in any area that we remain dark or we neglect or we abandon we the only option is defeat and so the the deception is where the enemy operates he's done that from genesis chapter 3 we saw that he did that with matthew 4 how do you attack the word the word of God made flesh dwelling among us in Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, when he comes and he tempts Jesus, he's trying to deceive him, trick him, right? We saw that. He's the most cunning, crafty beast of the of the garden. That means he's tricky, he's subtle. Right? We've seen these things. And so we are, how do we deny deception? We're 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 focusing on how can we deny this? How can we live without being deceived because we learned in Hebrews chapter five that we've got to be able to discern between good and evil. And we have to have our senses trained to recognize this, which means it's not always going to be so apparent. It's not going to be just as simple, you know, you think good and evil, oh man, that's black and white, right? That's that's extreme opposites. But in the last days, we're going to call good evil and call evil good. We're going to call right wrong and wrong right. And so we've got to be able to discern the difference. Having this level of discernment, being able to discern. And discerning, we saw, meant to uh, separate thoroughly, to discriminate. That's what the word discern means, to separate thoroughly, to discriminate so we need to be able to have a high level of discernment. When discernment is low, deception is high. When discernment is low, deception or the uh, opportunity for deception is high. And so we need to operate with biblical discernment. And this is where we left off, Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. In verse five, we, we've seen these verses, we know these verses in the Christian Standard Bible. It reads this way, trust in the Lord with all your heart. How much of your heart does he want? All of it, 100% of it. Trust in the Lord. Rely on, depend on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely On your own understanding. So the very opposite, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely or depend on your own understanding. So the writer right here identifies that typically when we don't trust in the Lord with all our heart, where we go to next is our own understanding. Is our own understanding. Our own ability to understand. This same writer, Solomon, wrote Proverbs. He he even tells us to go after knowledge and to go after, to desire understanding. Yes, we, we need to go after knowledge and understanding, but not without God. Not without God. And that's the difference. Adam and Eve in the garden chose to discover more about God. Remember how Satan twisted it? You'll be more like God even though we know they were already created in his image. And you'll have knowledge of good and evil, which means God is withholding something from you. He's trying to keep something from you. And so you can get access to this by eating this fruit. Well, that fruit represented self-rule. The fruit of the tree, it wasn't the fruit that made it dangerous. It was what it represented. It was the motivation behind it. I'm accessing something on my own, not the way God told me. Not the way God told me. And so he shows us the the, the two options. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So we can break it down to this. In almost every scenario in life, I'm either trusting in the Lord, in His way of doing things, His commands, His direction, His purpose, His motives, His agenda, or my way of doing things, my ideas. Or here's a, here, here's a word my opinions. Oh, there we go. My opinions. Now, my opinion ends up on the same level as God's word. And he says, in in our lives, we're either trusting in the Lord or we're leaning on our own opinion, our own idea. The mess we have today in the world is because of that one verse right there. Proverbs chapter three, verse five. What would a church look like that trusted in the Lord with all their heart? All of it. You know, sometimes we trust in the Lord with half our heart. Sometimes we trust in the Lord with 75% of our heart, but there's still that. I'll give you an example, Abraham. He trusted in the Lord with a percentage of his heart. He said, I'm gonna be a father of many nations beyond the years of childbearing my wife has been barren all her life we thought we were past that but man God said it I believe it but just in case God needs a little help let's try this course of action and actually it was Sarah's idea take your servant right and they had a child Sometimes even our way of doing things works. But it's not the way God designed it. When they ate that fruit, guess what? They knew good and evil. It did just what God said it would do. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It did just what the devil said it was going to do. But you know what it also did? Brought death separation from God. Not death physically in the moment, although we know eventually they died, physically. But it brought separation right there. Their eyes were open, it said, and they recognized we're naked and this is a problem. It wasn't a problem before. It wasn't an issue before. But now the knowledge of good and evil comes in. And then you your eyes it, it did. It, we, we cannot judge whether or not we have done something God's way simply by the result that shows up. This is the greatest level of deception right here. The greatest level of deception is an effort to achieve the same result as God, but a different way. That's the greatest level of deception. Deception. yeah, we know there's the world, wants nothing to do with God, separated from God, doesn't care about God's agenda, God's plans, God's rules, God's word. And that's a level of deception because they're, they're darkened from what God has for them. It's what we call the lost. It's what we call the world but I believe the greatest level of deception is trying to achieve the same plan and purpose of God without God. That's because now I think I'm actually fighting for God and achieving what God wants for me, but I'm doing it by rerouting a different way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God doesn't need our help figuring out how to trust in him how to obey him, how to live by his word, how to apply his commands, how to honor him. No, just trust in the Lord the way he's told us to. You think about Paul. Paul literally thought he was doing God's work. And he was zealous about it. I mean, every time he threw someone in jail, I'm doing God's work as a Pharisee. Think about the Pharisees and Sadducees. They killed the son of God, Jesus, the Messiah, thinking they were serving God. And Jesus tried to open their eyes and help them see, you are of your father, the devil. You're not even, you are not working for God's agenda. In fact, he literally told that to Peter one time, Matthew chapter 16. Remember Matthew 16, where he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, you know, the prophets or Elisha or this or that. Well, who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks out boldly, right, confidently. He says, well, you are Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, you're the Messiah. And what does Jesus say? He says, flesh and blood, has not revealed this to you, leaning on your own understanding. But my Father in heaven has revealed this to you, trusting the Lord with all your heart. He just received revelation by the Father himself, who he is. And on this rock, I will build my church. Gates of hell will not prevail against it. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I mean, he just, I mean, Peter's gotta be feeling good. Looking around his peers like, hey, y'all didn't get that. I got that. Did you hear him? The father revealed it to me. Well, Jesus goes on. Now, I wanna remind you, in a very short time, I'm gonna be handed over by the chief priests and the elders. I'm be offered up, and they're gonna crucify me. They're gonna kill me. But in three days, I will rise again. The same Peter that received the revelation from the father, the same Peter, That was trusting in the Lord with all his heart, not leaning on his own understanding. The same Peter says, may it not be so. I will make sure that doesn't happen. And you know what Jesus told him? Get thee behind me, Satan. Satan means stumbling block or oppression. Obstacle, He said, get behind me, stumble. You're trying to stop the plan of God. And he goes on to say, I don't remember which which, uh, translation that reads this way, but it says, you are not interested in the things of God, but the things of man. We have a conflict of interest. There's a conflict of interest here. He says, you are not about God. You want to achieve the same plan my father wants, but you have a different way of doing it. Oh man, this happens all the time. This happens all the time. I counsel people, and I give them a course. I give them direction. I give them steps. And three weeks later, we haven't taken one step towards the direction that I laid out for you that I can assure you is going to bring the answer you're looking for. And you want the same answer. You want deliverance. You want breakthrough. You want the marriage to work. You want the addiction to stop. You want this. You want that. But you come to me, and what about this? What if we? What if I tried this? Just do the plan. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But we And we do this with God's word. Abraham, uh, Moses did it in the wilderness. God said, do not strike the rock. The last time I told you to get water out of the rock, strike it. This time, speak to the rock. What does Moses do? Strike the rock. He can't go in the promised land. He's eliminated from going in the... Guys, it is not... It is no longer kid business that we don't trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This verse right here would keep so many people out of deception if we trusted in the Lord with all our heart. But we open ourselves up to deception when I begin to exalt my opinion above God's word. That's all that means. Lean not to your own understanding. That means my ability, my capability. And again, we want the same result. We want to meet at the same place. We just want to get there a different way. He goes on to say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding in all your ways. Know him, not know about him. Know him in all. How many ways? All your ways. And it says, and he will make your paths straight. What's that mean? He'll simplify it. You know, a lot of the confusion and a lot of the chaos, it, it shows up because we have devised so many different paths. And we put a left turn here where there didn't need to be one. And we put a right turn there. We put a U-turn over here. And, and we said, well, if this person will do this, then I'll do this. And, and if they'll walk in love towards me, then I'll, uh, you know, forgive them. And, and we come with all these ideas and ways to get to the same result. And he says, I will straighten out the path. I will, he says, I'm not trying to make it complex. I'm trying to make it simple for you. You know, deceived people, they're confused. There's confusion there. And God says, I want to unwind all that. I want to make your path straight. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord it means righteousness actually orders my step. I don't even have to do that. I take the step, but I don't have to order the step. But we love ordering steps. <laughs> ordering, putting them in order. Well, if you said if I do, this, then they'll do that. But if they'll do that, then then I'll do this. And we reorder the steps that God says, that, no, I've got the plan for you. Love your enemies. Well, we don't like that step. They need to be my friend and then I'll love them, (laughs) right? We reorder steps all the time and then we add confusion, add complexity where he's trying to simplify. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on, depend on. Exalt your understanding. In all your ways know him and he will make your paths Straight, verse seven says this. Usually we stop at verse six, but verse seven is just as important. Don't be wise in your own eyes. What's that mean? That means if I get on a course where I order my own steps or I rely on my own understanding, I'll fall in love with it. I'll become wise in my own eyes. Have you ever noticed that uh, deceived people will work to get other people deceived and to believe the same thing they believe. You know why? Because they're proud of it. They're proud of their way. Well, you know, know, let me tell you how I handled it. I mean, I know what Pastor Mark's saying, but let me me tell you what I did in my marriage. Because they're wise in their own eyes. That's a false wisdom. That's a false wisdom. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Look at this in the Amplified Version, starting with verse 5. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on, look at this word, your own insight. Hmm your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him and he will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. You know what our opinions are? They're just obstacles that block our way. They are when we have an opinion about something outside of the word of God. You know, in in 2020, I got asked a lot of times, Pastor Mark, what's your opinion about what's going on? What's your take? Every single time, I don't have an opinion, but I can tell you what my king says. I don't have an opinion. I'm not entitled to an opinion. I don't exalt my opinion. Now, do I ever have ideas that are outside of, that I didn't consult God with, that you just wanna get angry and just, sure, yeah. You know, even Jesus had that. What? Yeah, you know what he said in the garden? If there's any other, way let this cup pass from me but i don't want to lean on my own understanding <laughs> i don't want to lean on my you know if you're asking me i i've got some ideas that might i don't have to go through as much torture i don't have to give up my life and i can still re, but what did he say your will be done he told his Followers, his disciples, I do nothing on my own initiative. You can't make that statement if you can do something on your own initiative. He had the capacity. He had the ability today to say, you know what? Mm -mm. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm wore out. Because we know that physically and naturally in his humanity, he got tired. He got physically tired. John chapter 4, he sat down at the well to get a drink. Not because he wanted to minister to a woman. It's because he was tired. And he sent his disciples into town to get food for him. That's how tired he was. You go get me some food. And he ended up ministering to that woman. And you know what? He didn't have a conversation with himself to say, you know what? No. I'm not going there. I'm not asking that woman about her husband's. I'm not asking that woman, and you know, does she recognize that I'm the living water? I'm not. I'm not going. You know, this this whole order. I'm not even supposed to be in Samaria right now. We're we're supposed to be traveling around Samaria. We, us Jews, we don't even travel through. And I'm a male. We don't talk to females. We don't talk to female Samaritans. No, I'm not. I'm not breaking that code. I'm leaning on my own understanding. I'm not getting in that mess. I'm tired. I'm wore out. They're just going to get me some Chick Fil A. I'm going to get on back on the road and get back home. that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to get from one side to the other. Well, he didn't do that. He trusted in the Lord, his father, with all his heart. and he didn't lean on his own opinions. didn't lean on his own ideas. Didn't, and he broke all the rules in the process. You should do a study sometime of when Jesus responded to accusations and when he didn't. And there's, it's flipped for me. I would have ignored that guy, but I would have spoken up over there. And, and he flipped it. He was silent as a lamb before the slaughter. When that was his opportunity to let, you're doing, I'm dying for you. I'm giving up my life for you and you want to, accuse. he never said a word the whole time. But yet he got into some banter with some Pharisees and some Sadducees and he'd call them out and I know what you're thinking back there in that corner. You're wondering, you know, is it easier for me to forgive sins or, or cause this man to rise up and walk? And I know what you're thinking back there and I would have just left out of like, choose your battles, right? <laughs> Why? Because he didn't lean on his own understanding. He trusted and relied confidently on the Lord With all your heart, do not rely on your own insight. We always get insight to stuff, but does it align with God's word? That's where it always has to go. How do we stay free from deception? Take your natural insight, your natural intuition, your natural opinion. Does it align with the word? Does it align with the word of God? That's what we've got to take it back to. Verse six, in all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from, the, from evil. You know, when we lean on and rely on our own understanding and our opinions and our ideas, we always compromise our discernment, our ability to discern, distinguish, separate thoroughly. Discernment gets contaminated when our knowing and our understanding gets in the way. You know what knowing gets in the way of? Believing. Sometimes, some of us, we know too much about a thing to believe it. Knowing, understanding, needing to understand. Why do good things, why do bad things happen to good people? What will heaven be like? All the unknowns, all the... All the things, you know, I, I think sometimes the enemy occupies us with trivial stuff and, and trying to know how and know when and know what. And know, and the knowing, it does not say, in these signs shall follow them that understand. Thank God it doesn't say that because I don't understand half the stuff. I try to gain knowledge and understanding where I can. Holy Spirit illuminate my mind, clue me in. I mean, I have people all the time that want to, you know, ask doctrinal, theological questions. And, you know, sometimes I'll entertain. It's like, man, that's a good question. Let's Let's dive into that. But I will never allow it to cause me to neglect my walk with the Lord, my belief in who he, if I don't get this question answered, he's still the same. He's still the same God. His word and what it says about him is still the same. It doesn't change his identity. I'm not going to question his character sometimes we get so involved with wanting to know something and understand something that we lose the capacity to believe something. Thomas, blessed are you because you got to stick your fingers, your, your, your finger in my side and in my hands. But blessed are those that believe but yet don't see. Lord, is this the time that you're going to bring the kingdom back to Israel? It's not for you to know the times and the seasons. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he'll undo you with power. There's some things that Jesus just left out. There's some things that he didn't give details to, answers to. But what happens is we value our knowing, we value our ideas, we value our understanding, we value seminary training. I mean look I went to Bible school but I know Bible school was not the end all be all. That doesn't put me on some pedestal or some platform that look at all this intellectual knowledge. Look, I didn't go to Bible school for intellectual knowledge. In fact I was talking with Pastor Gerald Huffman this because you know we both graduated from the same school. You know, just a few years after each other. I mean he was just you know right right before me. He's one of the first graduates from Rhema and it's, it's awesome talking to him about it. But we, we, we both said this, the, the greatest thing we walked away from Rhema with was not a teaching, it was a spirit, a spirit of faith. Because some things are taught and other things are just caught. And we agreed, not every graduate from Rhema Bible Training Center got the spirit. And they walked away with the same head knowledge and they got the same diploma maybe hanging on their wall uh, you know, they, 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 they got to walk the stage and they got the, but, but, but did they catch what that school was all about? And This ministry today is a product of that. Pastor Chris, you're a product of that. I'm not just exalting our school. That's where we went. That's where the Lord assigned us to go. But what I'm saying is, is and I didn't walk away with a degree saying, I've got all the answers now. In fact, if I didn't learn anything from the day that I walked off that stage, I've done nothing. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. No, because I keep growing in the Lord and I keep believing even though I may not know and even though I may not understand. I I used the example uh, Monday night with those that came down and were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I told them, I said, look, I'm going to go out to my vehicle tonight. I'm going to put my foot on the brake. I'm going to hit the push to start button and the thing's going to start. And I don't know how, but I believe it'll work when I do it. Isn't that what Mark chapter 11 says? Speak to the mountain. Believe in your heart. And confess with your mouth. All I'm doing is following the instructions of his word. I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart. And I'm not bringing my reasoning and my intellect and my opinions and my ideas and my knowledge and my understanding. I'm not going to let that get in the way of just simply believing him at his word. The qualifier is believing. John chapter 14 verse 12. Greater works. Greater works. Then these will you do if you believe, not if you know, not if you figure out the formula, not if you understand exactly what all's taking place here. If you believe that when you do what I've called you to do, I will show up on your behalf. That's all he's saying there because we're not the ones doing the works. I'm not the one healing the sick. I'm not the one casting out devils. I'm not the one seeing people delivered and set free even at the laying on of hands. I'm not the one doing it. He is. I am the one believing. We need believers in these last days, not knowers, not thinkers, not understanders, if that's even a word. Believers. So how does this tie back to discernment? This is what the Lord told me. I'm going to read it so I don't mess it up. This is what he told me. Until we are willing to tear down the altar of our opinion, we will never be set free from the bondage of deception. Until we are willing to tear down the altar of our opinion, we will never be set free from the bondage of deception, deception is a bondage. Deceived people are bound; they're not free. Oh, I'm a, they will tell you they're free. Oh, you, 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 you're tied to that denomination. You're, you're tied to. they te- you're brainwashed. But, but man, I'm a free thinker. I'm, I'm, I'm a liberal. I'm a progressive. You know, there's no freedom like being able to think for yourself. That's that's the greatest bondage there is. That's deception. You're deceived into thinking that your idea and your understanding and your reasoning and your logic is greater than the word of God. No, that's deception. Until we are willing to tear down the altars of our opinion, You know, we, we put them on altars. We celebrate them and we worship them and we lift them up so everybody can see. But until we are willing to tear down the altars of our opinion, we will never be set free from the bondage of deception. John chapter 14, verse six. John chapter 14, verse six. And Jesus told him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. What's he just do? He just took it all down to one way. One way. He's the way. He's the truth. The Amplified puts it this way. Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God. And the real truth and the real life and no one comes to the father but through me again god is trying to make it simple for us he's not trying to make it complex figure out which way figure out what i'm trying to do figure out am i doing it over here am i doing it over there should i do this should i do that all that no. he says i got one way the world will tell you there's multiple ways They'll try to make you think that you can still achieve this by going this way and you can still get this by going that way. But I've got one way. Adam and Eve, they had one command. The one thing he was asking them not to do. And it wasn't that he was trying to withhold something. He was trying to make sure you don't ever remove me from the equation. Remove God. How did he want them to have knowledge? Through him. How did he want them to gain their identity? Through him. Not through a tree. Not through fruit. Not through disobedience. Not by going outside of God. No, going through. And Jesus said, I am the real way. The real truth. The real life. And I am the only way to God. Confusion is the result of too many choices. Confusion is the result of too many options, right? I mean, these restaurants today, got so many options. I'm confu- you know, it's the worst conversation ever. On the ride home, what do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? And I'll name 15. If you could have just said the one you wanted from the beginning, it would have saved us a lot of going around the block and about getting a divorce over fast food. Which usually ends with, I'll I'll just get something at home. Why don't you just say that? And I know you don't really want anything at home, so that's not an option. We're taking that off the table. Yeah. Camden, don't you say a word. I don't care what you want. You will eat wherever we go. It was bad enough when it was just two of us. Now there's a third one back there that wants to chime in. Do they have chicken nuggets? There's other foods besides chicken nuggets. You'll eat a hamburger and you'll like it. With ketchup. No, these options, these choices, we, 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 and we look, we, we, we love it until we have it. And God's saying, I've got one. And man, it's the best for you. I've got the way. I've got the truth. You don't even have to try to decipher. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. Just go through me and you'll get the result you want. Again, we always want the same result God wants. We just don't want it the way. God wants I mean that's what's happening in our world right now they want solutions they just don't have the solutions they want answers they just don't have the answers and they are working so hard to remove God from the equation but they still want to arrive at the same place and it won't work it will not work it will fail them every time man's systems are broken It will fail. It will not work for you. It won't work. You don't inaugurate a new president and everything just changes. Poof. No, that's a man-made system. God has a system, God has a way, and if we would just follow his, I know you might not like it, I know it goes against your flesh, I know that, but your spirit on the inside is saying, yes, that's it, that's the answer, forgive and then you'll be forgiven, that's the answer, but I know your flesh is, no, 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 you ain't saying a word to them, you're going to hate them, you're going to despise them, you're going to delete them, you're going to disconnect from them. They have to come running back to you. They hurt you. They said this to you. They cut you. And, and God says, no, go forgive. Give, and it shall be given back to you. I know it, it, it that the, the world system is to save and keep and hoard. That's how you get rich. That's how you get prosperity. That's how you get more. And God says, no, no, no. You give, be generous. Even with what you have, how little it is. And that's the access to the more. That's God's way. We align with God. We don't exalt our opinion. And we don't exalt our idea. And we don't exalt our plans above his. Many are the plans in a man's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So he's trying to simplify this. He's trying to, to, to break it down for us. The greatest level of deception is believing your efforts are for the same mission as God's when they actually directly oppose. So if Jesus looked at us, would he say, you are about my father's business, you you, you are on the same mission, you have the same interest, you have the same desires as my father? Or would he have to say, get thee behind me? Stumbling block. You're actually in the way of the plan. Right, I would ask you, who was in the way of God's plan, Peter or Judas? <laughs> Who is the, actually the one that accelerated the plan of God? See, on the outside, deception tells us that we are fighting hard for the things of God when we're really not. We're going in opposite directions. We're pushing against. Isn't that what, what Jesus told Paul when he knocked him off that horse? You're kicking against the goads. You're, you're actually, you're not advancing my mission. You're a stumbling block to my mission. And I'm going to call you and I'm going to assign you. You're going to be the greatest accelerant to this mission. You're going to be the beginner and, and, and the starter of the local church that I'm building. That the gates of hell will not prevail against that I'm going to give the kingdom, the, the keys to the kingdom to. You're going to do that. But you're going to have to change. You're going to you're gonna have to come out of your agenda. You're gonna, and you know what Paul said later on? He said, you know what? If anybody could boast in their intellect and their knowing, that was me. He said, "I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. That means I was the top of the Pharisees. I had it all. I knew it all, man. I, I had the laurels. I had the diplomas. That you should have seen in my office. I, I, I was there. I knew it." He said, "From from from as a young child. I think by eight years old, they had to know the whole Old Testament. He knew it. And you know what he said? I count all that as dung, rubbish." garbage to knowing Christ. Well, Pastor Mark, you said that we need mature believers. Yes, we do. Those that will be studiers, those that will be disciplined in the word. Absolutely. Not removing that factor. But to be a mature believer means to align my heart and my values and my mission with God's. And I don't seek alternative routes to what he's called me to do. I go here. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm not telling you to be a studier of the word. Some of us want to live lives where faith is unnecessary. What's faith? Believing in what you can't see. Believing in the future as if it were present. That's faith. And you know what God says? It's impossible to please him without it. But some of us want to gain levels of intellect and reasoning and logic and and, and knowledge so I don't have to live by faith anymore. Because again, if I know it, I can't believe it. If I know, then I can't believe. I was gonna take you there, but I don't have time. We'll probably pick up there next week. But in Matthew chapter seven, you can just jot it down. Maybe do some reading before we come back next week. Wouldn't that be awesome? You'd already be ahead of the curve a little bit. Matthew seven fifteen through 29. Jesus addresses the whole false prophet issue. What's a false prophet? They're deceived. False prophet, false teacher. We're not talking about lost people that are, deliberately walking away from God. We're talking about false prophets, deceived individuals that believe they have attained to something when actually they haven't. He's talking to the Pharisees and he's talking to the Sadducees and he says, they'll, they'll, they'll come to you, they are wolves in sheep's clothing. He said, you'll know them by their fruit. We'll talk about that next week. You'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their character. You'll know them by what they produce. You'll know them by that, how they live. because a Pharisee never intends to be what he pretends to be. A Pharisee never intends to become what he pretends to be. I play it on the outside, but I never have any intention of living by this word. I just use it to gain status and intellect. And I can entertain conversations that I can have, but, but at the end of the day, he he, he says he he says I will and they will even perform miracles they'll cast out didn't we do this in your name didn't we do that and what will Jesus say what will the Lord say depart from me I never knew you I never knew you who 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 are you again oh you don't want that I, I went to church all my life and. I did this and I studied that and I, I, I had and it, I'm, I'm sorry. Who are you? You thought you could lay back on your laurels. You thought you could lay back on your studies. You thought you could lay back on your intellect and your reasoning. But you didn't trust in the Lord with all your heart. You leaned on your own understanding. We will have an understanding. We can't lean on our own understanding. Our understanding can never be exalted above God's plan and purpose. Amen? Deception always will be the price that we pay for exalting our opinions. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.